Hey guys, welcome back to Investing Should Be Easy. I'm your host, Alex Richwagon, and uh, welcome back, Landon. Hey. Hey, we got him back. We, we've had a little bit of hiatus for the last few weeks. He's out trying to save the world. But um, yeah, tonight we're going to go a little bit deeper into our five-part series with Landon. Landon, again, is our uh, first-time investor. Uploaded some money into the Fidelity platform. Had a little bit of challenges. Um, that could sing it nicely. But he's got his money involved. We're going to talk about that at the second half of the show. But more importantly, we're going to talk about why some of the industries we picked and what does that portfolio look like into 2020 and beyond. So that's what tonight's show is about. And I got a little surprise for Landon. I'm really excited for what I'm going to throw at him. But before we get started, um, if you have any questions, comments, feedback, alex.richwagon at gmail.com. That's alex.richwagon at gmail.com. Cue the music in three, two, one, let's go. Investing should be easy. All right, there we go. Welcome back. So we've gotten one word out of Landon. Landon, uh, what have you been up to these days? So we haven't seen you in a couple weeks. How's everything going? Fine. Just going out. Normal day. Nothing special. Okay. So man of few words. We'll, we'll keep bringing more information out of him. Hopefully uh, my surprise is going to help him go a little bit more. Yeah, he's so, not telling me anything. No, I, I'm not telling you on purpose. So in the last show, this is a three-part and a five-part series. The last show we talked about how do you start investing? What's the process look like? We've been talking about your process, setting up a Fidelity account, some of the challenges you went into with um, some of the know your customer rules, how they had to do more background check on you to make sure you are who you are because not a lot of credit history, not a checking account until recently. So not a lot of activity as far as we know this person exists in the, the world itself. Things you're going to need and how do we move forward? So now we're going to start getting into it a little bit further and what industries we're picking. We're going to buy a few a few stocks tonight. What does that look like and kind of move forward? But for the big surprise that I keep kind of throwing at you, and I'm really excited about this. So you had asked in a previous show and in our kind of sidebar conversations for something that I wish I always had. And the question was around, why can't I just pick a stock and buy like $50 in increments at a time or a hundred dollars in increments at a time. I will tell you, you can do that now. Wow. He's got, he's got, so for the audience out there, you can't tell, but he's got this big grit on his face. So tell me what you're thinking right now. I didn't expect it to happen. I thought you would have to make a full entire commitment yep. in order to buy the stock. But yep. so, so here's what, here's what my interpretation of what happened um, on the fidelity platform. On let me let me give you a time machine. So about five to ten years ago, there was a platform that was owned by Capital Capital One or ING, and it was called ShareBuilder. And they stunk a company worked just like you'd want it to. You'd upload, go, I want these ten investments. I'm gonna upload whatever dollar amount you want. They would allocate it between up to twelve different stocks. You paid twelve dollars a month. And it would just allocate it automatically by itself by fractional shares. It was amazing. It took so much thinking out of the process. 
that uh, business model kind of dried up. They stopped, started going away from it because I don't think they were making a lot of money on it. However, fast forward five, ten years later, now Fidelity has on their website, you can now buy fractional shares of whatever stock you want, which is also mimicking kind of what's been in the industry for the last 18 months around companies that you and I've talked about, Acorns, Robinhood, they're allowing you to buy fractional shares. So Fidelity is moving to that business model. One of the catch, which is why I was kind of say, you might want to start using the app a little more often. You can only do this service if you're on the mobile app. So what I'm thinking is they haven't enacted the process or the ability into their desktop platform, which I use all the time because it's you see everything, but now it's only on the mobile app. So doesn't that give you a little more incentive to use the mobile app? Yeah. Okay. Get a head start on everyone. So now, now that we know that, and still same zero cost commissions, zero trading fees, makes a lot more sense. So if you wanted to buy Amazon, which is trading at two thousand dollars a share, you can buy fifty dollars. You can buy fractional shares. And it works just the same way if you have a dividend. The one caveat that I did see is if and when, which I know is not in your future strategy, when you're ready to sell position, you have to sell whole shares. Well, huh. That makes sense. Yeah. Not a big deal. Yeah. Not a big deal. But it is a little caveat, something to keep in the back of our heads of as we move forward. So I, I did find that out. I was really excited to talk to you about it because it's something that I – knew that you were wanting and you were excited. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh my God, Christmas came early. Look at this. So now we can kind of pivot off of our current our strategy, which we were going to do a couple weeks ago. You don't have to just buy some of the things we talked about. And we can open up the lanes a little bit more. So now we can say you upload a couple hundred dollars a month. You can invest it into whatever stock you want and buy the shares at any price. Just like all of those... Um, come, all those different companies I used to do beforehand. We talked all talked about transfer agents, computer share like Coca-Cola. You can buy fractional shares. Works the exact same, and it's amazing. Keep all your money in one one place. Nice. Yeah, I I'm so excited. You don't because my accountant um, complains at me sometimes because um, I would give him like eight different kind of investment accounts to consolidate. It would drive him nuts because there's like way too many. Now he only gets one. He's happier. He looks at my research. He just uploads it like bang, bang. He, he, he thinks it's a lot easier. So I can just buy all the stocks. Any stock you want. At the beginning of the year and then just add the money to it later. You can add on a monthly basis. You can have whatever you want. And then you can just buy the fractional shares. You don't have to wait for it to act until you get enough money to buy a whole share. Way, nice. It's way easier. Yeah, we can start the plan without having to worry about it later on in the year. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to get started that. That's going to be the second half of the show. But the first half, we want to talk about more about um, what industries, why those industries, and how do we – we're not going to get into how do I get to the recommendations. We're going to get that – like in the, that's going to be show number four. What does that process look like? Because it's a little complicated. It's a lot of information that I take into account. But we're going to start off with like the next level down of the why, why to invest, how do you do it, what industries are we going for? Because there are literally thousands and thousands of companies out there. Um, but I want to, we'll tee it off. 
I had sent you, um, so we're going to get into your reaction here. I sent you a, an email um, about a month ago around, here's my mock portfolios for 2020 going forward. So you had a chance to take a look at that. What was your initial reaction seeing that? Um, everything looked fine, but I, I was kind of shocked on how intelligence only had 15% okay. and cybersecurity had 24 Okay. Just, I have no idea why. I understand that cybersecurity is is going to become important, but isn't intelligence more important, or wouldn't it be a bigger deal? So good. Let's good. Let's kind of let's uh, unpack that a little bit more. Um, so I sent Landon was I framed up I think around sixteen positions of a, a whole portfolio. And rolled that up and saying, here's the five areas that we're really concentrated on for, for now and going forward. With always the caveat, we might change our position a little bit or change our strategy depending on what is going on with the macro picture of the economy, the coronavirus, the presidency. All those factors kind of tie into where we're going here. So this isn't a five-year plan? I'd say with the current presidency that we have. I think it's more a one to three year plan and then we readjust. It doesn't mean that you couldn't use this for a five year plan. That's not what I'm saying. I just, I look at my portfolio on an annual basis now, much more frequent than I did when I was much younger and I didn't want to think about it. It was a little scary. It kind of used to bug me when my dad used to like want to change my portfolio all the time. Like, what do you mean? I thought this company was great. I want to invest in this. But things change at a more rapid pace than it did back then. So you could take it either way. It's not going to harm you one way or the other. I'm always just trying to see if I can gain a leg up on the investment um, community strategy analysis. So what if there's a downfall? Are we going to just leave it there and mm -hmm. let it go back up and then change it? Or are we just going to take it out, change it while it's going down? This goes into my whole philosophy of dollar cost averaging and consistently investing over time. So you've got a couple thousand dollars into your account. I think we start establishing positions, scale into for the, over the next six months. And then as you accumulate more money, upload that portfolio and we'll continually invest. I currently invest on a monthly basis. Okay. Always. I'm always investing. Never stops. But because now I'm always going to be investing in the same stocks though. I'm not going to change stocks Monthly or just well, yearly? Not basis. monthly. I would say more one to three years we should take a look at it. But some of these things are what I'll call them core foundational positions that you're never really going to change. Does that help? Okay. But I do want to look at it every once in a while. Yeah. No. I think quarterly or yearly, whatever you're comfortable with. Okay. Okay. So let's go back to your question on intelligence versus cybersecurity. So one of the things, um, taking a step back of what my, my dad used to always teach me to predict for the future six months out, 12 months out. What do you think is going to happen in the world next six to 12 months and try to be thoughtful in that approach and taking into account macroeconomy, um, company performances, what's going on political wise, what's going on with industry wise. And so I try to take that bigger picture and try to boil it down to why cybersecurity to me is it's been a really positive section. Um, Landon's getting a phone call. I'm not sure what's going on there. 
So uh, we'll we'll Was mute that notification. one. Notification or or a you know a call from a Ling lady who knows. And I try to take the macro picture of like what is what are a lot of companies investing in right now, and I do this lot of research and articles that I researched and I've read that there's a lot of CEOs out there that when they project where they see future investments in cybersecurity is one of the top three items that will need to scale up um, higher. I've read several books on the sub the subject. I've read several articles, lots and lots of research on this topic of the big boys, um, fortune 500 companies they're investing in cybersecurity left and right because you see an event like Equifax gets breached, a hundred millions of people's social security, their personal information gets um, compromised. There is a movement going on within Facebook. Facebook is a top five company in the entire world with their assets and their growth. They are moving their platform slowly into not such an open concept. Like they want to know who you are. They want to upload your driver's license. They want to official recognition. They want to know who's who in their community to build confidence in their base. So that way they will buy their products in the future base. Um, it's just something I've noticed a movement. I've had really good success over the past two years. I think it's going to continue for the next five to 10 in cybersecurity. And I think that's going to be a bedrock that, Many companies must, it's, it's, it's going to no longer be a something we'd like to do. It's a must do because if the more breaches you have, we've seen consumer confidence really plummet when target got hit. We saw it happen. Um, Facebook stock price got nailed. I think companies are thinking about it differently these days. And so when, and trying to figure out not, not so much the, cybersecurity technology around it and like who's do who's the best option i think it's who's best positioned from a profitability standpoint and who's getting customers on a ongoing basis so we both have netflix right yeah netflix is a service-based model meaning you are consistently paying on a monthly basis 10 12 a month you don't even think about it anymore it's just part of your i need to have netflix because i enjoy their content Subscription-based models really work in today's environment. A lot of cybersecurity companies, instead of doing monthly, they'll do like three-year deals with mid and large cap companies. So they're like, yeah, we're going to sign you up for a three, three-year deal where they know I'm guaranteed to get an ongoing stream of revenue, which then you can predict future growth uh, pretty accurately. But that's why I think 25% is a really good percentage of not just into um, – an ETF like Hack, which is a collection of a bunch of cybersecurity companies. Okay. But I like to look at that and break it down and go, which companies to me um, seem like they're doing the best job and have room for future growth. So that's why the, the cybersecurity. Does that make sense? It does. Um, I know that there's different types of cybersecurity. However, sure. one thing that's been coming up that I've seen is that a person would go ahead find a problem with the server or anything like that, and then they would go to the company telling them they had the problem, yep. and they would pay them to fix it. But now that's on such a small scale, mm -hmm. 
and we're doing it on a much larger scale with much larger companies. Yeah, and a lot of the companies that I'm looking at are growing from a cybersecurity standpoint. Things that are people that are they're gaining a customer base and they're growing rapidly because I honestly I don't think there's enough there's more demand than there are supply. So in that outbalance ways, it's almost like the housing market. If you want to buy a house today, it is a constant seller's market. Buyers cannot buy a house fast enough. Our neighbor just sold his house within three days. Uh, people that want to buy houses and they range of you know $300,000 ish is a really prime range right now. So going back, the amount of business that are looking for increased cybersecurity and better cybersecurity, there's not a great deal of, there's, there's too much demand. So I think that outweighs the constant revenue streams that are going to keep coming and companies are going to constantly be looking for who can help protect my customers, their information. This goes into privacy, goes into what just happened with California. They released the California Consumer Privacy Act where any customer, any, you can call any company these days and go, hey, what kind of data do you have on me? How do you, how are you using that? I want you to destroy it. You can do those things now. And so as people are taking data much more serious, I think it's a natural evolution there, which brings me into data intelligence or business intelligence. People that are collecting all this data and they've been doing it at Google for years, they need um, software, they need analysts, and they need people to tell them what to do because you can monetize it at a much bigger rate. Um, I think automation plays a big part of this, of companies that are, um, I'll give you an example of automation that may not seem like a company like, wow, um, UPS. You really Does it really strike you as a company investing in automation and doing a lot of innovative things? Mm-hmm. They invested some crazy number of like $7 billion into a hub in Atlanta. And the hub in, hub in Atlanta, Georgia, is you could order something online on Amazon. They get a electronic order. They can have a box sealed um, based on getting inventory out the door in seven minutes. That does not touch a human being. Put that on scale, $7 billion. What kind of factory could you build for $7 billion? All autonomous, all electric, and everything is just kind of running the show where you've got, instead of having hundreds of people working there, you've got a couple. It's much more profitable. It's a lot faster. You've got robots doing what what humans could do. And you're investing into that automation to make your company more efficient over a much bigger um, scale of time. That's where the automation part comes in. Does that does that help? Yeah. So we're um, talking about that's so overall that's like forty percent of the portfolio of like what companies are, what I see them and read about and research what they're investing in. Okay. Now, does the stocks of the cybersecurity go up whenever there's an attack? Um. Not necessarily. I think um, I think it's a good question. I don't I don't have a complete answer for you. To, okay. to be fair, um, I think as a industry overall, if there was a massive breach um, and you knew X company should have been supplying the hardware software, I think it could have a adverse effect. But it also goes back to that subscription based model. If I know I've got you locked in and I'm your provider for cybersecurity. You're paying me in a contract. Maybe there's a penalty if 
you have you get a hack or something else and I didn't provide good enough security, but that'll come up for renegotiation. It's gonna hurt future earnings. But in the current things, I'm still getting my revenue. I'm still protecting you on a ongoing basis. I gotta fix it. I might get penalized, I might make less money in the short term, but as thing goes on, I think you want to learn from those mistakes. So good. I think it's a really good start. Was there anything else that stood out to you on the portfolio just as far as like, you know, I think those are really good questions. Um, aggressive NASDAQ. What is that? So you know what the stock exchanges are. This is where the stocks trade. NASDAQ is a platform. Mm-hmm. Um, so the NASDAQ has uh, what's called the Russell 2000 Index. Russell 2000 Index is a collection of small cap um, companies, technology-based companies. So what that is, is a mimic of the, the Russell 2000 Index, uh, technology-based, but it's a more aggressive, meaning if the NASDAQ goes up 1%, the tech stocks go about 2 to 3% because it's a double or triple of what's going on. So instead of like, you put a dollar down, you make $3 on your money. However, if you lose a dollar, if, if the stock loses a dollar, you lose $3 on your money. So it's a more aggressive way of playing that trend. Okay. Now that trend is basically just overall stocks or? Um, not overall stocks, more so overall the Russell 2000 tech stocks. Okay. okay? So we've gone through some of the portfolio. That's like 50% of the mock portfolio that we talked about. Let's actually get into the trading itself. Okay. So we, we talked about those and we talked about like some individual names. I gave you some homework. So last time we were here, we talked about, I think we definitely start with like DGRO and FNCL. So that DGRO and I'll say by far the number one, position your portfolio. It's a large cap dividend paying uh, ETF, a collection of stocks that have been paying dividends for like five to 10 years. Talking about companies like Johnson & Johnson, Coca-Cola, Microsoft, Apple, you know all these names. That's a collection of all those companies, a big portion. That's like a good solid portion of your portfolio that should always be in your portfolio. Okay? Okay. So we should start with that. Um, FNCL, Right now, from a interest rates are really low, bank stocks are cheap when it compared to other stocks. So this is a play on financial the financial sector. If you'd rather go into individual stocks, there's a couple that are listed there. What do you feel more comfortable with? Um, do you want to go like the, the basket of stocks, or do you want to go into some of the individual names? I want to do a mix of both, but I want to do more of a basket of stocks at first. Okay, that's fine. And then, so then we'll, at least we should go into maybe like mid cap, and then I think we should pick a couple individual names. What um, individual names stood out to you as like you want to start um, putting some money into, depending on what industry? I didn't really have anything, any individual stocks that I was interested in, um, but so, I do want stocks so I can able to control them and learn. Okay, so let's pick one of the cybersecurity ones and let's pick one of the business intelligence automation ones. Okay. Okay. Um, I can help. I can help with that. So let's go on the app. So right now we're doing this live, 
and these will purchase as soon as um, the market opens tomorrow. So let's go DGRO. Yep, looking it up. And so you're gonna hit the trade button. So we're gonna scale into this one. Um, so we're gonna do $400 over five month period of time, okay? So right now, if we divide that by five, so 400 divided by that, um, so $80. So right now it's trading at $43 amount. So we can do, what's funny, fractional trading. Ah, there we go. See, cash available, buy. So it gave me the option, shares, dollars. Ah, see, there we go. That's nice. That's really cool. I'm so excited about the fractional shares market. Oh, sorry. I, I, I hit the wrong button. Yep. Buy. We're going to go. So hold on a second. So if we want to do, we want to scale. So yeah, 400 divided by 5, 80, mm -hmm. right? So $80. Push that down. Preview order. Market and limit buy orders. Uh, there's, there's probably. Did you hit the button again for the um... dollars? That's right. Preview. Market and limit of sell orders of stock details only allowed during market board business hours. So because we're doing fractional shares, we might so we can do. For right now, we're gonna do a close enough. I was gonna do two shares. Start that market. Yep. Good. Place order. So the fractional shares. So we'll be able to buy the ETFs tonight is what we what we come up with. Okay. But the fractional shares you have to buy those tomorrow when the market opens at nine thirty. Okay. Okay. Now, do I want to put in basically what's left after after those two shares? Um. Yeah. So we're gonna do. Let's do um, FNCL. So kind of talk, talk, let's talk about what you're doing right now. So I'm searching the companies that I want to buy. Yep. Um, it didn't get out of DGR. Okay. FNCO. Yep. Okay. And so right now it's trading at 45. So let's buy two shares. Market. Buy. Preview order. Yep. Now what's yep. the warnings of that? Um, because the market's closed, okay. and so it'll just purchase when the market's just open. Yep. Done. Well received. Yep. And so let's do one more. Let's do IJS. Oh no, let's do IJJ. Yep. There you go. We get value. So this one, we might need to wait till the market's open so we can do dollars by, yeah, this one we're going to have to wait. Yeah, because it's not going to list the fractional shares. So we've got two trades in, so we've, we'll, we'll figure out the rest of them there. So basically what we're looking at is on the Fidelity app, we wanted, so we bid two trades in. 
um, around $80 a piece for DGRO, which is a large cap capitalization um, dividend paying stocks. We talked about those stocks. And then we also got a um, basket of financial sector stocks. So we got those two. And then the rest three will land will pick up tomorrow when it's homework, which will cover a basket of stocks for mid cap, mid cap value, um, companies that are undervalued right now. And then also we're going to get a cybersecurity name. Um, I'd go with Identive, which is I-N-V-E. And then from a automation standpoint, um, I've had pretty good luck with Brooks Automation. So we'll add them there as well. So okay. we'll add those two to the portfolio. Now, do, so, do the app, how would I see the stocks I've purchased? Um, account. So tomorrow, once it purchased, you'll see them in here under positions. And then you'll actually get an alert once they purchase them when the market opens at 9.30. Okay. Now, am I going to get alert if they go up or down? Um, no. No? Okay. No. You can. We should talk about that in a future show of how do you sign up for alerts if your stock goes at a certain point or not, and then you can check it whenever you want. Easy enough? Yeah. All right. So uh, we bought a few positions. Wasn't that scary? Yeah. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. And how excited are you about the fractional shares? I like it. I don't have to worry about um, buying the whole position. Buying the position, else. calculating the money, yep. and working on all that. It makes it so much easier. Yeah. That's what I said. I was super excited about this when I when I saw it the other day. So we talked about industries, talked about why. We talked about – so let me just – I'm going to do a quick recap So for everybody else at home. So mock portfolio, um, it's got financials, uh, automation, business intelligence, cybersecurity, the collection of ETFs and utilities and the aggressive Russell 2000. So the only ones that we put in Landon's portfolio tonight was the financials and the Ford. We're going to add automation and cybersecurity, and then we're going to build the portfolio over time um, as we reach a full portfolio with multiple positions. But given that portfolio is only a couple thousand dollars, it's a good starting point. We'll we'll scale into it over time. Okay. Okay. So that's what we talked about tonight. We talked about the fractional shares. Very cool feature with Infidelity. If you have any, we went through a lot of information tonight. A little longer than usual show, but um, I thought it was worth it. And we got some good information out of Landon. So if you got questions, comments, feedbacks, alex.richwagon at gmail.com. That's alex.richwagon at gmail.com. When we get into next week's show, we'll check in with Landon, see how he's doing. And then also... What other recommendations? Like, how did I get to some of these stocks? That's where we kind of are going to unpeel another layer, uh, another layer of the onion of what does that process look like? And from uh, when I when we'll start to explain, and we'll see how Landon does and reacts to it. If he wants to be part of that, or he's like, I don't know, just send me the stock picks. So that's tonight's show. Hope you had fun, enjoyed it. We had a good time here. And uh, we will see you in seven days and bring back Landon one more time. Thanks, Landon. Alex Richwagon is an investment research analyst. Any of his recommendations are that of Mr. Richwagon. The information presented is the opinion of his and only his research. You should not base your investment decision based solely on his opinion. Remember, it's your money and your responsibility.